Welcome to Waypoint's What's the Point podcast. I'm Erica Castiglione, the Director of Women's Discipleship here at Waypoint, and I'm joined by three friends. I'll let them introduce themselves. Hello, everyone. My name is Melody Franco. I'm a Master's of Divinity student here at Duke, and I've been coming to Waypoint kind of in the past year since I moved to Durham, but just became a member like a couple weeks ago. So that's exciting. Hey, I'm Baylor High, and I am a EC teacher at an elementary school. And I've been coming to Waypoint, I think, about a year and a half. Hi, I'm Lawrence Yu, lead pastor at Waypoint Church. I've been coming to Waypoint Church for about <laughs> nine years now, or since we started. Since the very beginning. Since the very beginning. All right. Well, today I'm so excited. We're going to talk about celebrating and accommodating people with special needs, and specifically in our congregation, but also in our community. But before we jump into that topic, we always start with an icebreaker. And since it's October and Halloween's coming up and Trunk or Treat is coming up, I thought I'd ask you guys, what is your favorite candy? That's an easy question. Reese's. (laughs) Reese's Cups, Reese's oh. Pieces, anything Reese's, delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, I'd like to second that. You cannot go wrong with chocolate and peanut butter. I love it in every form. That's mm-hmm. a good answer, too. <laughs> I, okay. See, I think this question is incredibly complex. <laughs> I will say, easy yeah. <laughs> I, I, I actually thought it was so funny when you said that was the question because as a kid, I've like since being a kid, I've never liked candy. Mm-hmm. So going on Halloween, I was the kid who got really excited at the homes that gave out those like bags of pretzels, which <laughs> other kids think <laughs> are so lame. Yeah. But I love that. So I, yeah, I just never have. I do like dark chocolate and mm. I do like peanut butter. So, but I think I'm kind of pretentious and I don't like Reese's, but I do like, like Trader Joe's dark chocolate, <laughs> peanut cups, or like, so maybe like a, an upper tier peanut butter uh, Uh-oh, we have There's a candy snob on candy. our hands. <laughs> no, actually, Melody, I'm kind of similar to you. I Dark chocolate is my yes. favorite. Just a bar of dark chocolate. Mm. And I like to actually put peanut butter on it myself and eat it sometimes yeah but (laughs) (laughs) but i i will i will definitely partake of a of a reese's or two i i have the i guess some would say good fortune that i have three kids who don't like reese's cups Mm. and so we would always end up with extra so you know who to find well yeah yes please (laughs) all right so um I want to ask, first of all, why this topic is important to you. So what is your personal connection to this topic that made you say yes to coming on this podcast? I can start off. So my connection to the topic of accommodating people with special needs is actually more recent. Um, so with my program of being a student at Duke Div, we get placed in field education placement, so internships. And this year, I just started this past fall interning at Reality Ministries, which is a ministry in downtown Durham that creates opportunities for adults with and without intellectual and developmental disabilities to build friendship and belonging and just care for one another. And so the past month or so, I've gotten more involved just in that community. And up until that point, 
Um, I, I don't have any family members with disabilities or close friends. And so honestly, I was kind of intimidated and unsure of my own mm-hmm. ability to be sensitive in that space and to know how to interact in a way that's kind and loving and not wanting to offend and all these different things. And so I come to this conversation still very new um, and still learning a lot, but it's been really cool in the past month just getting to start that process and um, yeah, just really enjoying that community. So that's it for me. Cool. Hey, Melody, I, I really appreciate how you said that you're new to this and that you are just willing to listen and learn more and mm-hmm. develop those relationships because um, this topic is, like, really complex. Yeah. Like, you could spend hours and hours and weeks and weeks. Not sure if we want to do that. <laughs> but wouldn't oppose to having multiple conversations. But, um, you know, my experience started actually growing up. My, my dad was a Sunday school teacher for the adults with special needs. And this was... Mm-hmm. They have pretty significant disabilities, intellectual and physical, some of them. And so I just remember going into that classroom to help. And mm-hmm. um, for me, what that meant um, was that I would talk to these adults and it just really sparked this curiosity mm-hmm. of like, who are you? Like, what's your name? What do you like to do? And... Um, that kind of led me into being like, I think that there's more to this person. Mm. I think that they could do more. And why are they in this class? And it's just them. Like, where is everyone else? Um, And so I took that curiosity and kind of thought, well, I love to teach. Um, So that's why I have my teaching degree. And I have been teaching for a decade now and have just really continue to have this passion to push forward and really challenge and question Mm. the structures that are in place um, because it's so, so needed. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Thank God for you, Baylor. (laughs) Um, For me, very personally speaking, and I think everybody Waypoint knows this about me, but um, my son Josiah is on the spectrum and he doesn't fit in the most typical categories mm-hmm. of learning and education, of development for kids. And um, being along that journey and watching him grow and develop has shown me the need for discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, has shown me the showed me the beauty of a God who creates such diversity, mm-hmm. but also showed me that the hard trials that it is walking in this culture and climate and in this yeah. in this time um with a child who's different they're diverse um mm-hmm. i think i think for me the thing that really hits me hard is knowing that how difficult it is for parents or kids who are different mm-hmm. to go to church and mm-hmm. feel a part of community mm-hmm. and so that population really has my heart and my affection. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so thankful to have all three of your perspectives. Like, I really appreciate, you know, Melody, you saying, like, just 
from the get-go, like, I'm new. And I, and with that comes a little fear, like, I don't want to offend. I want to be kind. I think that's what a lot of people are feeling. And yeah. I think some people then just ignore the topic because they're scared of it. And, and we mm-hmm. want to give people courage and curiosity. I love that you use that word, Baylor, is being – be curious. Curious is actually – encouraging to people I want people Mm -hmm. to be curious about my life and experiences Mm -hmm. and how I feel and um yeah something you really touched on Lawrence too is like I mean having a very personal connection but I feel like anything in life when I know someone who has a particular experience it changes everything for me like that's why I think it's so important to be around different cultures and things and just yeah then your heart's invested too and as we always say we're a family here so we all you know, are connected. But before we go any further, I just wanted to ask, and Baylor, you're probably the best person to ask, but I know anyone can can pipe in. (laughs) What is some important vocabulary for us to use? Like going with that fear. I think people are so afraid, like, oh, I don't want to say the right thing. Have words change, you know? Yeah, just what is some important vocabulary for us to know as we, you know, continue this conversation or as others engage? So, um, and I think parents that have students with disabilities definitely get uh, their own dictionary of acronyms. I don't know why the government loves to use so many acronyms (laughs) because letters jumble up all the time, but um, I don't want to start there, but I'd rather like to touch on um, when we refer to someone with a disability, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's just been this big push of person first language, mm-hmm. which means that you are addressing the individual first, right? Of who they are. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and this is where the discussion, like, we need to be in tune with discussions mm-hmm. because there is also this line of thought because every individual is different, right? That mm-hmm. some people would prefer to be addressed by their disability. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's important to, again, just be curious mm-hmm. to talk to that person as you build that relationship. Mm-hmm. I believe that um, that kind of will naturally come up in conversation, right? Um, so for example, like if someone wants to be called a person with autism, for example, um, that's okay. Like that is their preference and that is their choice because we want to honor the dignity. But also some people are okay with, for example, being called just autistic. Um, I think that we need to acknowledge that disability is not a bad word. It is not a bad thing. And so um, I know there's just a lot of history with how people have been talked to and referred to that I think has made a lot of people uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because let's be honest like when when are we hanging really hanging out with those unless if you have a family member a loved one like when are you seeking out to hang out with someone that has a disability Mm -hmm. um when are you really like intent being intentional or are you just like lightly tapping them on the shoulder like hey please imagine that i'm like doing an air tap but like (laughs) hey it's good to see you you know and then you like move on but i think being intentional is um important um if we want to go to school then um students with disabilities there are 14 categories of eligibility um that students can be served um in the state of North Carolina. And so they have like an IEP or individualized education plan. Those goals, you know, what they're learning, 
you know, what they're working on that year. Those are reviewed with family, parents, guardians once a year. Now parents can request a meeting at any time, which is great because um, the parents' caregivers are an essential part of the team. But yeah, so that's something that comes up every year that seems as a teacher to be the bulk of the work that I have done. Um, And when we talk about accommodating, we are really talking about the person's environment. How are we going to tweak or change or think about being intentional with the student's environment so that they can be more successful? And then when we think of modification, we are looking at how they're going to learn. Like, do we shorten something? Do we provide pictures? Do we, um, you know, kind of change the format in which the information is presented? There are lots of things that go into that thought. you know, train of thought when you are looking at the student and exactly what they need. So that is kind of some mm. important highlights. Right. That's good. Yeah. Right. I think for me, um, I think I can get the fear a lot of people may have mm-hmm. about saying the wrong thing or calling mm-hmm. something the wrong thing or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. I think if you're just genuine mm-hmm. yeah. and if you're just caring, I, I don't know all the right terms and right. I don't know all the right words and the phrases right. to use majority of the time and I'm living in it you know so I think if you're just genuine and caring that mm-hmm. shows yes you know mm-hmm. um, your tone your your genuineness it just it just it's evident so don't you don't have to be so afraid of saying the right thing mm-hmm. just act the right way <laughs> yeah. Does that makes sense yeah mm-hmm. I think too going off that starting first with just getting to know the person as a person and kind of Baylor like you said as you you talk to them, you can hear how they refer to Mm -hmm. their own disability as well. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a woman at Reality who is on staff and is in a wheelchair. But if you ask her, she'll say, oh, I'm going to go on a walk and, you know, we'll go outside. She's not physically walking. So even things like that, that doesn't have to do with like the labeling, but the language surrounding things, mm-hmm. um, kind of hearing what language do they, does that person use mm-hmm. and kind of following suit and when in doubt asking, I think. Right. Um, yeah, and I think if that person can't communicate that, like their caregiver or family member, also, you know, can help you out too. And I'd, I'm so much more, would rather you accidentally say something wrong mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the right reasons than to just ignore people. Right. That's what I see over and over, over again. You're afraid to say the right, wrong thing. You don't know what to do, how to act. So you just ignore. Yeah. I'd rather you be uncomfortable and awkward, <laughs> you know, but than to ignore people. I think that's good. I think that's good. Yeah. I think two words that have helped me out, though, just is uh, the words neurotypical and neurodivergent. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. just because normal, sometimes we use the word normal yeah. when we mean neurotypical. Yeah. And I think what is normal, you know? So I, like, I haven't met a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, why do you think this is an important topic for the church at large? Why are we having a podcast at church about this? And how is your, like your philosophy and even your theology of celebrating people of all abilities, mm-hmm. you know, influence, been influenced by your experiences? And I'll go ahead and ask, mm-hmm. how has it been influenced by scripture too, mm-hmm. you know? So the word theology, so I guess I should go first, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. First <laughs> um, Corinthians, I think chapter 12, talks about 
everybody has a gift. Everybody's part of the body, and mm-hmm. we're we're uniquely gifted and called to to do something, to be something different part of what God's doing. Mm-hmm. God's not. He doesn't make accidents. Mm-hmm. God's purposeful. Mm-hmm. He's given us such a wide diversity in the body, mm-hmm. and there's a reason for it. I think we need to celebrate the diversity that God's given us, mm-hmm. and so often we're not doing that because we ostracize mm-hmm. or are uncomfortable mm-hmm. or don't know, or they, those who are caregivers or on who are di- neurodivergent or often feel like they can't come to church. Mm-hmm. That means we're missing out on key parts of the body. Mm-hmm. I truly believe that like God's called us all to be a body. We, like, we should celebrate the differences and the strengths and the blessings that come from all types of the body. And then uh, just a very personal level, the more I've learned because of Josiah, mm-hmm. <clears throat> there's nothing that can teach as much as that. Mm-hmm. And I would, what a shame it would be mm-hmm. for the church to miss out on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm, doing, I'm saying this for the benefit of those who are considering themselves neurotypical, you're missing out. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, this is what we would consider a marginalized community, right? And mm-hmm. even though this community is so is is large and is extremely diverse, um, like you said, Lawrence. I mean, are we really seeing this community? Like, if we knew that certain members were not going to be part of our body, would we think to ourselves, "Oh, what a shame." Man, I would miss out so much if they weren't here. Like, we really need to ask God and petition of the Lord, like, that we would examine our hearts and be like, how do I see this individual? Right? Like, am I seeing them as fearfully and wonderfully made? Or am I just seeing them like, oh, okay, that's nice. Like, there's a lot of nice things in this world. God made everything. And you bet that he also made these individuals. And they're a lot more worthy than just looking at and acknowledging, like, oh, to the side. Like, they're an integral part of our community. And it is just something that I just believe we have a lot of work on, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it's because people are uncomfortable. Like, Mm -hmm. a lot of people are like, where do I start? You know, and I would encourage you to ask God, Again, like, how do I see this community? How do I see this individual, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. When thinking about this question, the first verse that came to my mind, I've been reading 1 John recently, and in chapter 4, verse 19, continuing on, we love because he first loved us. Mm -hmm. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Mm -hmm. And I think it can get really complex when you talk about, I mean, the Div School, there's whole classes surrounding disability theology, which I have not taken and I don't claim to have expertise in, (laughs) but it can be a very complex thing theologically too um, and in connection with the church. But I think at its, in just like the simplest terms, we are called to love Mm -hmm. (laughs) one another. 
And the church is supposed to be a place of belonging. Um, And I think we should question if there is any particular group of people um, in any capacity that for some reason is kind of ostracized or alienated or not represented in the church or in our specific church. And I think also just thinking about why I think this is an important topic for the church. Um, I think it also maybe shows in some ways how the church has um, kind of maybe like, maybe this is too harsh of language, but kind of cultural appropriation of the gospel in some ways. Mm -hmm. Um, Just, thinking about how our society does place high value on intellect and reason Mm -hmm. and productivity and Mm -hmm. um, kind of what you can offer. Or even within the church, it's a lot about um, maybe confession or um, kind of this intellectual reasoning of our faith. And so I think it kind of calls some of that into question um, of what do we, do we really value people um, as just image bearers and where do we personally, like, where do we find our own personal identity? If that's something we struggle to value in someone else, um, who maybe cannot, um, produce, um, in the same way or communicate in the same way, um, or keep up (laughs) as we think they should in the same way, then what does that say about how maybe we are valuing, people according to the way the world values people in general um, whether neurotypical or not um, versus the way God (laughs) value and Jesus showed us how to love and value people um, and Jesus actively pursued those who were marginalized Mm, that's good that, that resonates so much with with my Mm. heart I appreciate that so much and hearing you guys both talk I think for me the the call is evident. Yeah. I mean, if you read the Bible, yeah, it's it's evident. Yeah. Well, so I, yeah. I just gotta ask the question: What is it? What is it that keeps the church from doing more? Yeah, I think when I was looking at this question and what scripture comes to mind is the parable where, I mean, not the parable, the account in the Gospels where people are bringing their children to Jesus for Mm -hmm. them to bless, and the disciples are, Mm -hmm. like, you know, trying to stop it. No, like, you know, Jesus is important. He's got important work to do, important teaching. And, you know, uh, Jesus like, no, let the children come to me. And to enter the kingdom of heaven, you have to be, like, one of these. And how Mm -hmm. shocking that was for them. I mean, in our culture, we value children, but... um, in a different way, but to think that like, yeah, we, it's kind of like you were saying, Melody, like what we think is important, who we think is important. Jesus turns that around, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think recently that sermon um, that Pastor Peter gave on loving those in the margins and going to those, I think that really resonated. And like you were saying, Baylor, in a lot of ways, this group even though they're super diverse, super different experiences economically and all these other ways, they're marginalized socially in a lot of um, yeah areas. And I think that's a really good question, Lawrence. Why haven't we? And I mean, and maybe 
um, our hearts haven't been awakened. Like, like you said, a lot of families don't come to church who have like either, I mean, I think children with special needs, but even we forget there's adults Adults. with special special needs. They don't feel comfortable. So we Mm -hmm. haven't, they're out of sight, out of mind, maybe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, Yeah, we're we're not seeking them out either. Yeah. Yeah, because that's hard to do, right? Like, I think as people, our default is what's easy and what's comfortable. And Jesus calls us to do more. Jesus calls us to be that example and it's going to stretch you and it's going and you're going to mess up mm-hmm. right like that's just the nature of trying something outside of your comfort zone but I can tell you watching the kids at school and um, how they just band together mm-hmm. right like children have I believe this natural inclination and a lot of curiosity too um to like gravitate towards each other to want to include and play with each other i think that it's us as adults who really hinder that natural relationship building when we tell a child oh like don't don't ask that or don't say that or don't stare or anything instead of like you are you are te- by saying those things you are teaching the child oh don't engage but we should be engaging completely and we should be nurturing. Of course, there is conversation that you should have, right? Um, and a- a- answering their questions in a, um, in a certain way, right? Because um, you want to explain the things around them, but you also need to help, you know, guide them and make sure like, oh, well, I can engage with this person and I can respectfully uh, talk to them. And they are worthy for me to build a relationship with. And like Lawrence was saying, um, everyone has gifts and things to offer. You know, I think even, mm-hmm. you know, like Josiah coming in at the end of worship of waving and seeking people out brings mm-hmm. so much joy or, you know, praying mm-hmm. for other people even. And yeah, I know another uh, woman with special needs who um, who writes notes to people, you know, and like I think, yeah, there's, or, you know, uh, uh, some who can't communicate verbally or write, they are, you can tell they're happy to see mm-hmm. other people, that there's right. like joy to communicate and give. And I love how <clears throat> we've, you said you, we measure people by their worth, what they can give. And we do is that so often. That's our, and man, if we could just see people the way God sees mm-hmm. them. Yeah. I, I find myself do that all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm a natural networker. I'm a natural, oh, you can connect, I connect you to this person, this person, and that. So it's kind of natural for me to think that way. Mm-hmm. I wish I could see the world differently. Mm-hmm. And that's what I get to learn. I get yeah. to learn that by being around these incredible children, incredible people who mm-hmm. sees the world differently. You know, I, I, I see this because I know my, our people at Waypoint, you guys are amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and I love you guys so much. And the way you, you love my son Mm. will always make me want to cry and tear up about it. <laughs> but Wayne Black still think we're called to do so much more. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think we're capable. I think he's called us and gifted us to do it. And I just truly believe that there's more to be done. Mm. Yeah, and that kind of leads us to the next thing I wanted to ask you guys. But before we do that, just one more verse came to mind, even as you were talking. I think about like the first will be last and the last will be first. Mm. And I think that... 
a lot of these people that we've seen maybe get passed over or ignored that they're so valuable in the kingdom mm-hmm. of heaven, you know, mm-hmm. and it's yet to be seen and fully mm-hmm. in what ways. Mm-hmm. But um, my next question is, what are some practical ways we can make our church, our community groups, our homes more welcoming to people with disabilities and with varying needs? Yeah, that's one question. Mm-hmm. And the other is, how can we recognize their gifts? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that um, I would like to put a plug in for Buddy Ministry because... Plug. (laughs) (laughs) Plug away. I'll plug some more. Um, Oh, I will because we have some really amazing kids and we are always looking for others to join our our ministry, join join the crew. Um, I cannot express how wonderful it is to hang out with these kids Sunday morning and just the love that they bring and, you know, just to see how they love everyone else. And yeah, it's a wonderful opportunity. Um, You don't need any experience. You don't need to have any special qualifications. Just come as you are and come as you is and God will do the rest. (laughs) I'm just going to throw this out there. Please hear me. This is not me trying to guilt anybody into this. But I was talking to Tony today, and she currently told me that we have two. Hmm. Currently, right now, we have two two buddies. And we, right? and we need... Yes. We need a lot more. Like eight would be nice to yeah, have, right? Yeah, it'd right. be nice to have at least 10 to 12 okay. buddies. Yeah. But we have two currently. That's it. Of a whole church, we only have two buddies right now. So Waypoint Church... We have only two people right now who are doing buddy ministry. Mm-hmm. And there is a training, like uh, they were saying, training. a short training. You don't have to have extra qualifications, but they'll tell you kind of what being a buddy means, what's expected mm-hmm. of you. And really, Baylor, you can kind of share what you do as a buddy so they'll know. Yeah, so um, I kind of walk in, I greet the you know, the kid, most of the times we do walk together to their class because they're like really super excited to go. Um, just kind of keep them on track with like, oh, hey, we're doing this activity now or now it's time for worship and now it's time to go outside. Now let's sit down and we're going to um, listen to the lesson. Um, oh, you want to go on a walk? Like we could take a break. That's totally fine. Let's go do that. Um, I think and I really appreciate Tony for her grace and compassion with this. Um, Cause I'm really excited. I think we have some good supports coming our way with visuals and schedules. And um, I look forward to incorporating more of that during our time. So we need more buddies. So please, yes. <laughs> please sign up to be a buddy. Yeah. I think um, that's awesome. I may have to sign up. I'm not a buddy currently, but that sounds awesome. Uh, Yeah, that's great. I think some, there are a few things that come to my mind with this question. I think one, thinking practically of how accessible are the physical spaces we have as both at our church, but also for community groups in our homes. Mm -hmm. Um, I think thinking about homes specifically, I think we're blessed with a great building that honestly has like very little stairs and like pretty wide hallways and these different things that make it more accessible but then if I think of my personal home it's like huh wow how you know how would this person if somebody had a wheelchair or 
Um, just different things like that, thinking through how do we make our spaces physically accommodating to people. Um, but even I think about things like I've heard of individuals who, um, if they get easily overstimulated. How do we adjust um, either lessons or our church services to be a welcoming space for all people to be able to come um, and gather? But I think also a way I think we can um, become more welcoming to people of whoever they are in our church is, um, and one thing I think being at Reality this year has taught me is really the, um, I guess, the practice of presence mm-hmm. and the value of that. Um, it can be kind of awkward at first if you're interacting with someone who's nonverbal of knowing like, oh, what do I do? Like I'm used to being being able to just converse to make myself feel more comfortable <laughs> or mm-hmm. um, for that person to kind of affirm that they're interested in what I have to say based on how they're like their facial expressions or um, it kind of forces you to kind of set all of that aside Mm. and just be with the person. And I think that's something we all probably need to work on. I know I do. And it's something I'm still learning. But when I first started at reality and was getting like onboarding training, my supervisor told me like, you know, things around here, the pace is just a bit slower. Like some people can't move as quickly, can't process things as quickly, can speak, but it'll take them longer to say what they want to say. And you have to be able to go at their pace. You need to slow down while you're here. Mm -hmm. And if you're not present in that space, then you don't really have much to offer. Like it's all about, I basically go and I just hang out with people. That's really all I do there. Um, So I think learning how do we do that more intentionally um how can we be present with each person that comes um that's so good and i don't know i think even of like a lot i've just realized too being at reality sometimes it's like oh should i give that person a hug or would they not want me to and i think like reading things and being sensitive but also like some people can't come over and give you a hug but my friend in a wheelchair, I can bend down and give her a hug when I see her. And that is something she loves. And so I think even thinking of how can we show care and that we like, hey, I see you. Um, I think that's a way we can make our church and just homes a more welcoming space. Yeah, just even your story illustrates how much you're learning from Mm. the people you're interacting with. And let's be honest, small talk can be awkward anyway. So, you know, it's true. It's like, yeah, it's true. (laughs) And I was thinking what an opportunity to love others the way you would want to be loved. I remember um, Mm. (laughs) reading a book about singleness and at the, the intro, it's like many of us um, are single, who will be married, many who are married because of death or other things will one day be single. So this book is for everyone. I was like, wow, that's so weird to like mm-hmm. think of it that way. But I was thinking some people are born with different disabilities. Some of us will might get into accidents or have yeah. a stroke right. or different things happen yeah. and develop disabilities. How would we want someone to treat us in mm-hmm. that circumstance? Like we would want 
to be still seen as someone with value, maybe even if Mm -hmm. we can't verbally communicate or if we can't, you know, interact the same way that we can now. So I think what a, you know. Yeah, I think one of the things that I love about Waypoint, our kids ministry does a great job. Mm -hmm. You know, we have rooms, we have uh, schedules, we have buddies. Uh, So I love that about our church. Um, I think another thing that I hope and pray that we do well is we're understanding and not judgmental at noises. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. I think we're comfortable. I think yeah. we don't make you feel uncomfortable to walk out of the service if you need be or there's noises mm-hmm. happening. I think, I hope that continues to be us. Mm-hmm. I know some, some of you people might be like, oh, I didn't know that was an intentional thing, but it is. And we, we desire to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love the idea of having a group of people who see people mm-hmm. and are okay with the awkward. Mm-hmm. Yes, the uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because we care more about the people than we do about awkwardness. Right. I think having a gracious and non-judgmental attitude is so important. Uh, you know, a, an adult told me one time that she um, has to be on her cell phone during the service because she can't concentrate unless she's like like looking at something else and like and that's how she pays attention. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. she you know, came into the space being, I don't want people to judge me because they think I'm just on my cell phone, you know? So I think that kind of going along with what you're saying, Lawrence, that, you know, if someone makes noise, not to assume they're trying to be disruptive or if someone has to get up, Mm -hmm. maybe like there's too much stimulation, you know, things like that. Just a, just a gracious, non-judgmental believe the best attitude I think can I think that we do have but like you said just celebrating that and encouraging that even more and even small accommodations like today at um staff meeting we we talked about we're gonna get earplugs like just for some people just you know yeah yeah, it's just too loud or you know we want to be open as a staff and as a church to hear Anyways, that we can make the environment um, better for people to to worship and to learn to be together. I think that's a really um, great start because I think that, um, you know, that level of empathy, excuse me, is so important because, you know, I can only imagine that as a parent and as a teacher, I'm trying to be more mindful of the parent perspective because I am not in that perspective um and so just like trying to imagine you know you're getting ready for church or you're going into a new space and you know that you know it's already going to be challenging you're already self-conscious about oh my gosh like what are these people going to think what's going to happen what if my you know kid or loved one screams Mm -hmm. yells laughs Mm -hmm. claps whatever um you know, they they become so focused and self-conscious about how are people going to see me that they cannot relax and, like, really commune with God, right. be in that community. Um, and so I think it's the very least we can do to be non-judgmental because I think it's a really hard space to be. I mean, just hearing stories through, um, you know, parents that I have met – and also just, you know, scrolling on the good old Instagram, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's hard to ask for help. When you have a child with a disability, you feel you don't want to be a burden, right? Because society, 
unfortunately, has made this whole group feel like a burden, mm-hmm. right? What extra support are they going to need? What extra, 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 extra? And so as a parent, you perceive that like, oh, gosh, like this is going to be more on this person. Um, and so I do believe it is our responsibility to not only connect with and serve these families, but also to, um, you know, just have that space where they can just, okay, they feel comfortable, right? Like, okay, like so-and-so is here and it's going to be okay. Um, So I think that that's, yeah, Yeah. I think it's really important. What a gift that we could possibly Mm -hmm. give those parents and family members. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also, um, I guess just for maybe the academics out there, there's a theologian, John Swinton, who does some writing surrounding disability and mental health dementia and theology. And he writes about how, I I, I haven't read much of his work, but he does write about how um, individuals with disabilities remind us of who we all are in the sense of we kind of have this illusion that we are independent and we are immortal and like, you know, all these things and being reminded that we are just as dependent. We are just as interdependent um, and weak and in need personally. And also even just the frailty of our own bodies, our own intellect um, is such a good reminder. Good. And I think that also helps to kind of bring like, I don't know, because there can be this sort of um, hierarchy that forms too of like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm the person serving this person. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who's, you know, <laughs> being so good and kind by doing this for them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're kind of the lesser person who needs me. And it's like, no, it's it's not about that. It's, you know, we we all need each other. Mm-hmm. And there's this mutuality um, that's, beautiful within the church and is supposed to be there. And so I think to approaching, um, whether it's buddy ministry or elsewhere of approaching opportunities to be in relationship with people with disabilities as also, um, you know, how can their friendship, um, their presence enrich me and my life. Um, and I think with that, at reality seeing how there is just less of a filter in that space Mm -hmm. like you get to come and just be fully you and that's like (laughs) such a beautiful gift there Mm -hmm. and there's just not as much like social pretense that (laughs) you're used to upholding Mm -hmm. and so it's such a freeing space (laughs) yeah it's beautiful and so I think even just thinking about um that in that way too Mm -hmm. um both within and outside the church. Um, I like the word interdependent and thinking of that, that we're all in need of one another. Yeah. Yes. Henry Nowen also writes a lot about his experience experience, uh, living and serving with those with disabilities. So, Mm -hmm. well, any last thoughts? This is your chance and open mic. uh, Tell (laughs) us anything else you'd like to share about this issue. To close us up. Care, and it's worth caring for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of was thinking about um, this statement whenever I have told people before that um, I am a 
EC teacher. Um, there have been so many people that are like, oh, it just takes a special person to do that. Y'all, if I could get a dollar for every single time I've heard that, okay, I wouldn't need to work anymore. <laughs> like, I'd be good. So eliminate that from your vocabulary, from your mind, from your thought process, whatever you need to do, because um, it does not. We are all people. Um, get uncomfortable. Get over it. <laughs> that might have sounded harsh, but no, like, preach, preach <laughs> but you know, Baylor said she was going to be spicy today, yeah. so yeah. Sure, and it's Wednesday too, so the filter's coming off. <laughs> but um, yeah, so in better terms, <laughs> hopefully. But um, I do mean it. Like, really consider that mm. um, that it does not take a special person. That anyone mm. anyone can do it. That's good. And yeah. should. Mm-hmm. That's so good, Baylor. I think my final words of encouragement, I think thinking about myself a couple months ago and wanting to speak to kind of that person who maybe feels like they lack, who they're just never around people with disabilities. Um, I'd say notice that. Um, I think that's kind of a good first step is if you're not even thinking about it Mm -hmm. then it's hard to do anything about it and so I think noticing like oh wait my I can go a whole week and never interact with someone with a disability why is that why is our what does that say about what our society values how it's structured Um, Mm -hmm. and even at church um, and so I think noticing that and then being intentional um, because our society is kind of structured that way, you, you're probably going to have to be intentional <laughs> um, to seek out interactions and relationships with individuals with disabilities. Um, so a plug <laughs> for reality, um, we're always looking for volunteers similar to buddy ministry. No real expertise <laughs> is needed. Just come and have a good time. Um, it's super fun. We have different community events to worship nights, which are really fun. And November 16th, we will be having a talent show at the D-Pack. Super fun. It's free admission. Um, so just come, come with your community group, just come with friends and have a good time. And um, just have maybe for you it's your first kind of exposure or introduction to just a small part of the disabled community in the triangle wonderful thank you guys so much i learned a lot and i'm gonna really be pumping up this podcast because i think it's so (laughs) such an important topic and i just appreciate you so much sharing uh lawrence would you close us in prayer sure heavenly father we thank you for this time we thank you for the the words that we got to hear and share today. God, we thank you for the diverse community that you allow us to be a part of. God, that we are all fearfully and wonderfully made in your image. God, you've called each of us with our gifts, with our with what you've given us to be a part of the one body. So we thank you for that. We thank you for the dignity and love you've given each and every one of us. May we continue to love the way you love and see the way you see. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.